Hi, anyone and everyone. Welcome to Have You Heard About This Case. My name is Sam. And my name is Kelly. Today, we are again exploring some spooky happenings, only this time it is in our home of Chicago. Sam and I explored this one ourselves, and we just wanted to talk about it because there's no way Resurrection Cemetery is not haunted. But before we get into that, Sam, what's our question today? All right, my question is, what was your favorite subject in school? Ooh, good question. Oh, God. Okay. Our animals just want to be part of it today. Yeah, the animals are all about it. Um, Okay. So, favorite subject in school was probably... I... I had a a handful of AP classes my senior year, and I found those to be pretty fun. And I will say that even though it was, like, a little tedious sometimes, I really did enjoy, like, AP language and literature. Because I was very into stories and writing. That was never my strong suit. (laughs) Ever. Yeah, because, you know, you'd have, like, those open chats about your writing, and then, you know, there's always room for it to get derailed, but... See, I loved the art classes. So it's not writing, but it's kind of a similar, like, you talk about it, it's conceptual. Um, That was usually my go-to, is I loved all of my art classes. I was very lucky. I had a very great art teacher in high school and a really great professor in college. Um, so that made it better. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. College is a whole different. I had a a couple good honors classes that I really liked in college. Um, but the most valuable one was a theater history course, who, Ooh. which was given by Dr. Rosemary Bank. Uh, and she's fantastic. And it made it worth my tuition. <laughs> yeah. My art history courses, were, I think, were probably my favorite classes I ever took in college. I I actually, I, I love taking my art classes so much that the last semester of my senior year, I declared an art minor because I just happened to have taken enough to qualify. <laughs> it That's wasn't in the plan, excellent. but I just loved it. So <laughs> I kept signing up for them. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Like at that point, yeah. they're like, you have the credits. <laughs> I did the work. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny that we're talking about our favorites being some sort of history classes because today we are covering a long-term haunting that will probably be known to our Chicago friends. This is the tale of Resurrection Mary. Yeah, we. this is like very famous for Chicagoans. Exactly. I, I read on multiple sources on this one of Mary being the most famous Chicago ghost. Mm-hmm. I, anyone I know who I've, I've talked to about this, because a little bit of, of context, Sinisterhood was in town last summer. And during all of their shows, every show that they did was unique to the city that they were touring in. So mm-hmm. their episode, they did Resurrection Mary and Kelly and I went on an adventure. And we actually went down to yes. Resurrection, Mar- Resurrection Cemetery and walked. I'd say we walked like a third of it. We didn't walk a whole yeah. lot in reality, but we walked a lot. 
Well, we went on a weekend too. I believe we went on Memorial Day weekend and mm-hmm. we wanted to kind of keep back from the actual people who had folks buried there. We only visited sort of like the outlying kind of older graves, which... Yeah, we were in the older section, the oldest section, I believe, of the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least from what we saw, it was the oldest in the area. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about this place. But it began in the 1930s, several driving northeast on Archer Avenue between Willowbrook Ballroom and Resurrection Cemetery have come across a young female hitchhiker. The hitchhiker is often dressed in a formal white dress, has light to medium blonde hair and blue eyes. Occasionally, she has a shawl, dancing shoes, and a clutch purse. Whenever approached, she often disappears into Resurrection Cemetery from the street. So, like Sam and I just said, we're, we can talk for a minute here about how big this place is. It is massive. Resurrection is one of the largest cemeteries in North America, and it encompasses over 540 acres and is shaped by shaped like a huge isosceles triangle. That's a lot of acres. There, that's so many acres. And then listen to this data that blew my mind. With over 152,000 graves, not counting 5,300 crypts in the mausoleum, Oh, wow. I kind of assumed that would be it in there. And like, wow, that's so many. That's why I said resurrection has to be haunted because there's so many there. There's so many. Yeah, we didn't even go into the mausoleum. No, we did not. Um, but we did go past. I'm not sure if they're, they would be count, counted the same thing. But there's those other like outbuildings that are kind of like an outdoor mausoleum Mm -hmm. yeah 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 we were by those and i think we did see resurrection also has one of the largest stained glass windows in the world i came across that on my research Mm -hmm. and i think we did see that driving by i think we drove around the building i think we saw it through like i think we saw the out exterior which is like oh man too bad we couldn't be inside and see the stained glass you know yeah, but we it was important to us to be respectful because that was a, a big weekend for people coming and exactly. visiting. Exactly. And um the the grave sites. Yeah. Want to stay yeah, out of it. Yeah, we didn't want to, you know, cruise up on anyone because it is still very much an active cemetery. People are still being buried there. I would assume every day at that many graves. I would assume people are Yeah, and we even drove through a lot of empty Mm -hmm. land that was in the cemetery. Like, there's still a lot of space available. Yes, and it looked like they were clearing uh, several areas to have more space. It is so bad. Yeah, some, like, dirt roads they didn't, Mm -hmm. like, put pavement on yet or anything. Yeah, it's it's so big. And apparently, area residents have nicknamed it the Resurrection Triangle due to all the strange events that have taken place here throughout the years. I think that's a fair name. I mean, it's already shaped like an isosceles triangle. And there's just, just with the sheer number of people who this is their final resting place, I am skeptical that it's not haunted. I mean, we'll hear a little bit from Resurrection. It has to be. Yeah, we'll hear from Resurrection what their official stance is. 
But I know my official stance. Yeah, right? Yeah, I know mine, because that's just way too many. It's that, that There has to be. It was consecrated in 1904 and officially opened in 1912. It is a Roman Catholic burial ground maintained and operated by the Catholic Archdiocese. The cemetery was named in commemoration of the feast celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Pretty self-explanatory. But this is a little less self-explanatory. One monument, appropriately named Resurrection of Christ, is situated adjacent to the cemetery's chapel. The large gray stone figure is said to be a favorite of Resurrection Mary. Reports describe Mary dancing at the foot of this monument on more than one occasion. Oh, I hadn't heard that before, but I I know exactly what statue that's referring to as you drive in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see this going forward, too. I've got a few accounts here where we have multiple people seeing the same thing at the same time. And none of them have the answer to what they saw. Yeah, I remember when we were looking into this last summer, it was one of those things like I would read an article and it would name somebody else, Mm -hmm. but it would have the same story. And it was just like it it was weird. And it's, it's one of those things where... I'm I'm a believer, and I've said this before. We we I said this a little bit in our last episode on yeah. holding light. I'm skeptic, mm-hmm. but yeah. I desperately want to believe. That sort of stuff makes me believe more. I know I am. I was on the fence, but I spent today really falling down the resurrection Mary rabbit hole, and there are so many accounts of so many people seeing the same thing that I'm like. Has this been somebody who just lived at this house for all these years and was like, I'm going to screw around with people? Like, (laughs) right? But it's even like the light. I can't explain it, Mm -hmm. but I've seen it. Right. I exactly. I've seen it. I've seen it. I was there. And after hearing these stories, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, this is a little too coincidental that some of these people, including law enforcement officers, are seeing the same things. The legend is, it's believed that Mary was dancing with her boyfriend at O. Henry Ballroom, which is now called the Willowbrook Ballroom at 8900 South Archer Avenue in Willow Springs, Illinois. She was said to have gotten into an argument with her boyfriend and stormed out of the ballroom. After leaving the ballroom, she started to walk down Archer Avenue, where she was hit by a car and died. The accident was a hit and run. According to the legend, her parents found her and were grief-stricken at the sight of her body. They buried her in Resurrection Cemetery, wearing a beautiful white dress, dancing shoes, and they the dress matched the shoes, it said. The driver of this hit and run was never found. One theory is that Resurrection Mary may be Mary Brigovi, who died in a car accident in the Loop of Chicago in 1943. And for those of y'all who aren't from Chicago, the Loop is just our downtown area, and it refers to where the trains all loop around and go back the other way, essentially. Would that be fair explanation, Sam? 
Yeah, so like all of the train lines come together in a central location downtown, and it literally creates a circle. And it's basically inside of that circle is referred to as the, the loop. Yes. It, it's what, maybe like 10 by 10 blocks? So like a... Mm -hmm. Like, maybe around there. It's not a massive area, but it'll take you a little bit to walk from one corner to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're on the train, you're going to be accustomed to it circling around there and then heading back out toward either the northward or the southward direction, depending on which way it came from. Or west. Or east or west. Yeah. Because they're all just intersecting down there. Well, not east. The lake is east. It makes you want to transfer trains it's a really good place to be like oh okay well i need to i needed to be on the red line anyway i'm sitting on the brown line right now we do colors for our trains exactly. <laughs> the trains are mm -hmm. each, each like prime example if you're going to a cubs game and you're coming from the highway mm -hmm. on the kennedy or the or 90 mm -hmm. you take yep. the blue line yep. in so that you can get onto the red line at roosevelt and hop back up yep. <laughs> And go to the Cubs game at, at Wrigley. Wrigley. Yes, and the Wrigley stop when you it, when it is a home Cubs day at the Wrigley Red Line stop, I'm fighting for my life. I never want to be that. It's oh yeah, it's that's the true. Oh, I used to be in that every day. I used to go to Cubs right. games every day, and I loved it. Yeah, that's I. I mean, like if that's what you're coming for, it's exactly what you're looking for. It's just very like. But if you're trying to commute, right. if you're trying to get out of there, <laughs> no, it's not good. If you're ever trying to get out of there. But so Mary Bregovi died in the loop in 1934. And that's what, about 20 miles or so from uh, the cemetery? I would say. You think? Because cemetery suburbs. Summer, it's not, some, cemetery is not technically right. in Chicago. And so we'll talk a little bit about that because this, you know, like we're saying, this is it's all just theories because, you know, Mary hasn't introduced herself yet to anybody with a lot of clarity. So one of the theories is that it could be Mary Brigovi. And one of the things that kind of says it might not be is that she was killed in the loop downtown about 20 miles away from Archer Avenue, which is where everybody is seeing the apparition of Mary. A second theory is that Resurrection Mary is Anna Maria Norcus, who died in 1927 in a car accident while on her way home from O. Henry Ballroom. We'll discuss the theories a little bit more in a moment, but first some more background on the existing reports of encounters with Mary. According to the Chicago Tribune, quote, <laughs> full-time ghost hunter. Richard Crow has collected, quote, three dozen substantiated reports of Mary from the 1930s to the present. See, I wonder, because you said the first one was 1934. And I wonder if it's his 1930s is 1934 and after or within the first couple of years. Of the yeah, 1930s. I'm not sure. The because yeah the car accident that happened to Mary Bregovi was in 1934. Mm -hmm. I just said that it began in the 1930s, so I would hope that they included all of the early 30s because it sounds like that could have been. Yeah, I remember reading that same article, and it was like I kind of had yeah. that same question at that time, where I was like, "That's 
you have a 10 year window right, to consider right. the and 1930s. And if you really want to get super accurate with it, you would absolutely want the reports from 1930 to 1934 because that could have been allegedly when she passed away. Wondering. Yeah, like you could rule her out if you you saw her before right, exactly. that point. So that's another thing I'm curious about. But according to some, she's also been spotted around various dance halls and nightclubs around Chicago's South Side. The first person who claimed to encounter Resurrection Mary was a man named Jerry Paulus. And now this is in 1939. So... We may have sightings that predate this, only this one is sort of the one that the legend kind of has coalesced to be the first substantiated seeing, I suppose. Okay. Where it kind of became her story. Yes, where we kind of got more more to it than just, you know, oh, I saw an apparition or, oh, I saw this and that, because Jerry has claimed to have an actual run-in with her. He was a Chicago Southsider, and he reported that in 1939, he met a person who he came to believe was Resurrection Mary at the Liberty Grove and Hall at 47th and Mozart, and not the O. Henry slash Willowbrook Ballroom. However, he was lovestruck by a young blonde woman. He approached her, and the two hit it off and spent the night dancing. They even shared a kiss. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. So we we are claiming contact here. Even more prolonged contact because Jerry said something was off, that her hands were as cold as ice, which as somebody with poor circulation, we're not all ghosts. I was going to say, my hands are always cold. <laughs> I know. I'm freezing. So Jerry said, however, he remarked to the woman and described her as having, quote, cold hands, but a warm heart. So oh. he, yeah, isn't that sweet? So he, but he allegedly brought it up, like, to her. Interesting. And it's interesting that at, at 47th and Mozart, I'm not pulling up a, a map right in front of me, mm-hmm. but that's still kind of far if it's where I'm thinking that it is. I think it's, it's right. I know, I know where Mozart is north and south and 47th would be east to west Mm -hmm. that's probably still 10 to 15 miles away right it's in the area because we have a lot of people saying around this area she has appeared and it always sort of just ends the same way maybe there's a different intersection than what i'm thinking but I, i know both of those streets yeah in chicago specifically right and it's not terribly close but it's also a whole lot closer than the loop yeah but they they sort of all come, and maybe this is why Jerry is sort of named as kind of the first one, because he is the first one who has like a consistent story that seems to be repeating with people. People seem to have seen the same thing. Mm-hmm. Only from what I understand, he is one of the only ones who came into actual contact with her, like look, prolonged enough that he could say her hands were cold. Right. Closing time came around, and Jerry offered the woman a ride home, as she said she lived in the south side. Still, the woman asked to be taken down to Archer. Jerry was confused. Archer Avenue is in the opposite direction. So, why was she asking to go there instead of home? 
Jerry took the woman down towards Archer anyway, and she motioned for Jerry to stop in front of the Resurrection Cemetery. When he stopped the car, she got out and vanished before his eyes. Ooh. Right? Ooh. What? And I feel like that's like one of the, like, just the lady in white. Right stories that you hear like that's always kind of the ending Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's sort of where a lot of these stories terminate it's just we she gets to resurrection cemetery and vanishes and that seems to be consistent with everybody Mm -hmm. some of this might be like tall tale overblown legend but also it's part of the lore of resurrection mary so i'm going to share it allegedly Jerry was shaken with disbelief, but not too frightened to seek out answers. The next morning, he made his way to the address where Mary said she lived. He knocked on the door and encountered her mother. When Jerry asked about the woman he met the previous night, she informed him that she'd been dead for nearly three years. Woo! Oh, interesting. Because that also doesn't put her in the timeline of... uh... Mary Brigovi, is that what her last name was? Uh-huh. Brigovi, yes. Because this would be 1936 if she died Correct. three years previously. Interesting. Right. Right. What's odd is that he correctly identified her in a picture that sat on the piano in the front room. Oh, see, now that's creepy. Yes. So he positively said that was her. I don't know. What it means, I'm sure there are many Marys who are buried at Resurrection Cemetery. And maybe that's just like your afterlife uniform. Like maybe you just get a long white something. That'd be chic. Right. Like the the lady in white urban legend is a, is a thing because. Right. Like, I'm not sure if it's because of Resurrection Mary or that's just a common thing. But I know there's areas all over the country. I'm sure all over the world that have lady in white stories. Right. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with, like, the burial shroud, you know? Mm-hmm. In my head, at least, I when I think of a burial... Excuse me. When I think of a burial shroud, I think of something in white. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe that's where it evolved from. Maybe... And I know it's all over the... Because I remember in Ohio, it was very much... There were other lady in white stories. So I think that it may have evolved from just like seeing someone in a burial shroud i'm not sure that makes a lot of sense because i know another really famous one is in the bridgewater triangle in massachusetts Mm -hmm. um because that's that's another very famous lady in white story and it's a little different than this but the ending is typically the same they they vanish there is one story that i want to cover at some point coming up when i have my next paranormal moment I want to cover the cemetery in Downers Grove, Bachelors Grove. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that one? I have. Oh, well, I, so I grew up not terribly far from there. So maybe we should do another road trip. <laughs> yes, it was so because that was actually one of my first like, have you heard about this case moments? Like mm-hmm. I was very young and I was on the only computer that was in our house for you young people. There was only one computer in our house. <laughs> and it was a big monster. <laughs> PC and everything. It was connected to the landline and everything, so you couldn't be calling nobody while Kelly was researching Bachelor's Grove at 14. (laughs) (laughs) I I was in the same exact boat (laughs) when I was a kid. Right. They're like, 
they're like, Kelly, we can't call anyone. And I'm like, yeah, but have you heard about this case? <laughs> look at this spooky cemetery. <laughs> and now look at where you are talking about it 20 years later. We're going to keep talking about it, too, because you guys, it's another spooky, spooky little spot. And I would love to make a road trip there. Yeah, we should definitely but, plan a sorry. trip out there soon. Absolutely. So I'm sorry for getting sidetracked there, but you guys, there's a lot of spooky happenings in Illinois, and I'm not going to rest until we talk about them. And it turns out that Jerry had encountered Resurrection Mary. And over the next few decades, several other men, women, Law enforcement officers, many people, would have similar experiences. But Jerry's encounter was the one that began the legend. Was it a lot of women that encountered her? Because that was something I found, you know, like, I couldn't find a lot of information on. But I just noticed yeah. a lot of the, the names of people in the articles were male names. But I, there, it was kind of confusing. Say... I would say out of everybody I researched today, there were maybe more men than there were women, but there was still a significant number of women who saw okay. her. Even and just as often, sometimes it's uh, two people in one car, like two spouses, and they saw oh, okay. the same thing. So again, I am obsessed by this idea of everybody seeing the same thing. Yeah, I, that's so fascinating to me. It yes, and oh, I can't wait to tell you some of these. But let's, I'm excited. Yeah, let's take a a step back though, because we just talked about Mary Brigovi. So let's discuss what happened to her. She died in an automobile accident on March tenth, nineteen thirty four, and was buried at Resurrection Cemetery in Grave Number nine eight one nine Section M M near Seventy ninth Street. However. Don't attempt to find the grave because it's unmarked and was said to have been bulldozed just after World War II when the graveyard needed more space. This was oh, evidently wow. before the cemetery began perpetual care. Yeah, right. So, that's probably right where we were. Right, right. We were we were on definitely the outskirts close to even the fence border i remember because we just wanted to give those families as much space as they needed because the place is so massive we were literally driving around it yeah we it's, spent a good yeah. half an hour just driving circles around right. the grounds and we weren't really repeating a whole lot right and and most people who were there visiting a loved one had a car with them as well like the cemetery is just so massive it's just not super walkable so if you have even someone who's like my knee is twinging like you probably want to take your car because this place is so big and we'll post some pictures uh, we definitely took a good mm -hmm. amount when we were there so you'll see kind of our perspective and what we're referring to with what we saw yeah absolutely it was it was very cool but i do think that this is sort of a good way to get yourself a ghost is to bulldoze yeah a grave uh, yeah, yeah probably <laughs> but however I, you know the cemetery does now begin does now have perpetual care so the place has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger which 
it was it was quite serene. I see why somebody would want this place to be like their resting place. I understand. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's quite beautiful. And you'll and like we just said, we'll attach photos, but some of the headstones in this cemetery are so beautifully carved and so unique and individual that you kind of feel when you're looking at this gravesite, you're not seeing just the gravesite. You're seeing sort of a, a glimpse into the personality of the person who rests there, you know? Mm-hmm. The cemetery, this was evidently prior to them beginning perpetual care. Bergovi was born on April 7th, 1912, she used to live at 4611 South Damon Avenue in Chicago and was waked at the Satala Funeral Home, 4744 South Damon Avenue. John Satala remembers preparing the body and how she was dressed. She, he said that she had a very pretty orchid dress, and he remembers having to stitch part of her face due to the accident. Oh. Yes, isn't it? Oh. And also, I love the descriptor of, like, an orchid dress. That sounds so pretty. Like... I oh. also just looked up that address, 4611 mm-hmm. South Damon. That's mm-hmm. incredibly close to Mozart and 47th Street that we mentioned earlier. Like, okay. very close. Okay, so this could have been her her place that she went to go and dance and have it's fun. Like because within, course- like, two blocks. <laughs> Yeah, because this is before, you know, we all had phones and we're all doing everything all at once. So that could have just been her spot around the corner. That That's she went very to interesting that, that, that there's that connection. Interesting. Exactly. And another interesting connection is the accident was reported briefly in the Chicago Tribune, March 11th, 1934. And it stated, quote, Girl killed in crash, Miss Mary Brigovi, 21 years old, 4611 South Damon Avenue, was killed last night when the auto in which she was riding cracked up at Word Missing Street and Wacker Drive. John Riker, 23, of 15 North Knight Street, Park Ridge, suffered a possible skull fracture and is in the county hospital. John Thull, 25, driver of the car, and Miss Virginia Rosansky, 22, were shaken up and scratched. The scene of the accident is known to police as a danger spot. Thull told police he did not see the L substructure. The L here referred to is the trains operated by Chicago Transit, It's so-called because the train tracks are elevated above the streets so the train may pass. So it sounds like, Sam, I'm not sure what you're hearing, but what it sounds like to me is the driver of the car and was not aware of the L substructure. And it sounds like he may have hit that. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a hit and run. It doesn't. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like. I mean, they they don't even mention in this report here at all any of the other the other car. Like, so I'm assuming that it sounds like it's just four people in one car. Right. It sounds like it's a single car accident. 
it that's what i'm taking like... away from it yeah yeah okay good i was like am i crazy or this does not sound like a sounds like a very a sad hit. accident but not mm-hmm. not a hit and run as what right. was explained and, earlier and you know we don't have the hit and run but we do have a possible connection here i see why some may may think that way um but yeah like a few details are changed after the article came out in 1983 vern Vrtkowski, who knew mary bergovi in real life produced several faded photographs showing mary standing on the running boards of old model a's and t's however these photographs show her as having short brown or dark wavy haircut just past her cheekbones and not the long blonde hair always reported in the Resurrection Mary encounters. Because that is one thing that's pretty consistent, which is she's a blonde. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yes. A 1992 Chicago Tribune article indicated that records kept at the Satala funeral home described Mary Brigovi as a 17-year-old factory worker who died en route to the Iroquois Hospital even though death records clearly indicate she was just a month shy of her 22nd birthday. Yeah, I actually scrolled back up to, like, check that the age was right with her birth year. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it's, she should be yeah. 22, but she's a month right. away. But that's a right. whole different thing so, then. Exactly. So just sort of another discrepancy there. True. But, you know, it, like we just said, even if the S at the end of that was dropped, it would still be Marie. It wouldn't be Mary. Yeah. So I wonder if Bergovi is a common name. I've never heard it before, but that doesn't mean anything, really. Right. Right. I haven't heard it before either, but I wouldn't be surprised maybe at the time it was a little more common. Mm-hmm. Because it does say here she was a factory worker. And I believe at this time that was a, you know, sort of very common profession for mm-hmm. women. And we definitely and know that Mary and Marie are both very common names. Right. Right. So we have a lot more background on Mary Brigovi, which I think is why we're able to more conclusively rule her out. What... I have here, and I don't have a lot of background on it, is that many agree today that a woman named Anna Magura Norgas is actually Resurrection Mary. She was said to have been killed in a car accident in 1927 while on her way back from a party at the O. Henry Ballroom. Her story seems fairly consistent with the legends. However, we have less background. Yeah, I remember reading this and kind of thinking the same thing, that Mm -hmm. this seemed a little more logical, but Mm -hmm. you you can't say, yes, this this is her. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't conclusively say, oh, for sure, it's Anna Norcus or for sure it's Mary Brigovi. Mm -hmm. But there's there's way more information accessible about mary brigovi than anna norcus however what i have read about anna norcus is consistent with the legend being that it started at the o'henry ballroom and was in the same area 
So everything I've heard lines up with the legends, but also, you know, you can't really say for sure. Right. No, this is hard. (laughs) But here's something curious. On Tuesday night, August 10th, 1976. So we've... I'll talk a little bit about all the different sightings, but from here, we're starting to go a little more chronologically. On August 10th, 1976, the Justice Police Department received a phone call from a man who stated he was driving past the cemetery gates when he apparently saw a girl locked in after hours. Oh. It was going on at 10.30 p.m. when a police officer responded to the call. Patrolman Pat Homa looked for the girl with his spotlight, and then called out on his loudspeaker, but there was no response. However, in shining his flashlight around the gates, he discovered that two of the bars had been pulled apart. Embedded in the metal were the impressions of handprints. This is a very famous, like, part of the story. Quite, you guys. We have, uh, I know that I took at least one picture of the front gate, and we'll talk a little bit more, a little bit more about what happened to it. But I for sure took a picture of the front gate, even though the bars that are in question that we're speaking about right now are no longer there. Because obviously, this happened in 1976, and the cemetery has a beautiful reputation so they're not just going to leave a giant gap in their fence however they they did leave it for a long time they did it was like pretty recently that they changed it they left it for enough time that they start to get annoyed about it but on the surface of the green patina of the bronze there were scorch marks and within that what looked like skin texture as though someone had seared the marks into the bars that's just crazy patrolman yes patrolman pat homa related this story on the paranormal television show that's incredible and he lost his job over it oh wow so, yeah, just for telling that story, he lost his job. And Sam is absolutely right. They did leave it for a while. I'm pretty sure my and sister has seen it. Like, it's been fairly recent history that they've been replaced. Right. I remember my sister mentioning it. Exactly. Yeah. Apparently, the, mar- the marks looked like they had been made by human hands, and crowds blocked to the main gates to gawk at the bars that Resurrection Mary had bent. So, exactly what we're saying here. Plenty, <laughs> yes, exactly. Plenty of people like you, like me, like whoever's listening, we all want to go down. We want to see it. Hey, we went there. And we an, just didn't see it. <laughs> we did. We did. And here's why. In an aff- in an effort for crowd control, the cemetery attempted to blowtorch the marks off, but it had the opposite effect. Now the bars were blackened and could be easily seen from Archer, and consequently more people <laughs> showed up than ever. Whoops. So, exactly, they're trying to get rid of it and it's not working. According to them, disgusted with the publicity... And with Halloween approaching, the cemetery hacksawed the bars and installed a fine wire mesh for security reasons until the bars could be straightened and replaced. <laughs> so that's a lot of effort. Yes. 
According to a cemetery worker, Chet Kowalski, as reported in a Chicago Tribune article, October 25, 1992, a front-end loader truck that backed into the gates while doing sewer work bent the bars. That's like a, what, 15, 20-year difference? Something like that. Yeah, 1976 to... Right. 1992. 1992. Right. Exactly. Also, I just realized I pronounced his name wrong. Sorry, Mr. Kowalkowski, not Kowalski. Chet Kowalkowski is goes on record saying that it's this front loader truck that was bending the bars. And really, the cemetery has sort of leaned on that description. Uh, they always say it's a they've always said it was a truck doing repairs that backed into the bars and made the dent. Which it could have been, but 78 mm-hmm. to 92. Right, right. We're not talking about it till then. <laughs> According yeah, that's to Kowalkowski, yeah, mm-hmm. like that's a while to not bring it up. According to Kowalkowski, the grounds workers tried to restore the bars to their original position by heating them with a blowtorch and bending them. The imprint in the blackened metal, he said, was of a worker's glove. However, if that's true, then why haven't the marks reverted back to their green-colored state that's caused by the oxidization of the bronze when exposed to the elements? It has been over 20 years, and to this day, the area where the handprints were discovered is still seen as a blackened area. So we can tell the article we can tell the article that's being written is being written maybe in like 92 94 mm-hmm. because they're still they're still able to see it and as of today 2023 they have redone the gate the yeah i would all... say my sister was probably there 10 to 15 years ago i would guess mm-hmm. i and haven't i haven't asked her specifically that but would I, make sense i i think she was yeah. driving herself so right that would make sense it within the last 20 years the timeline yeah it would line up with the timeline of it. So being in the 2000s, they were still bent, basically. Right. 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 So they have very recently, apparently, updated this fence. But we do have pictures that I found on my um, deep rabbit hole dive. We do have pictures of the old gates. You will get to see. There's a close up of where it's bent, where you can see the handprint. And there is also a picture that I'm going to leave of the bars having been removed and them installing that mesh behind it. So you can see, even though they tried to, right, even though they tried to take it down, they sort of only highlighted the area. Right, like it was here. (laughs) Right, they may have taken out the bent bars, but now it's like, here's an even gianter hole for our spirits to spill out of. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like, ugh. Even more distressing, some reports and encounters discuss a driver finding a woman dead in the road wearing a white dress after being abandoned by a hit-and-run driver. One Once, police and EMS respond, the woman is nowhere to be seen. She vanishes. Sometimes so there is creepy. an imprint. Yes, even creepier. Sometimes there is an imprint left in the grass where the woman was supposedly lying. Like, like, Ash has people, never told me uh, any of this, but, like, I wonder if she's ever come across something where it's like, oh, I got a call. No one's here. Right. 
you got to ask her because I did. I, I fell down the rabbit hole on this one. And there were multiple different people who called EMS or called police and multiple different people who reported this impression on the ground where she was laying. So and from from the way the article right from the way the article's written, we once again have this thing of we're all seeing the same thing where mm-hmm. the cops and EMS are also seeing the imprint left, but they're also not seeing anyone. Interesting. So yeah, super interesting. On August 12th, 1976, just two days after the bars were discovered bent, a Cook County squad car investigating a CB radio emergency call about an apparent hit-and-run automobile victim arrived near the intersection of 76th Street and Roberts Road. I'm pretty sure that's pretty close to the uh, cemetery. Mm -hmm. Right. What they ended up finding was a girl in her 1965 Ford Mustang. <laughs> Sweet. I love that. Right. And she had, a, she had a CB microphone still in her hands, and she was in tears. So they asked the girl where the body was that she had just reported on the side of the road. She pointed to an area marked by a depression in the soft, wet grass that evening, and which appeared to conform to the shape of a human body. The girl said that just as the squad car turned off 79th Street to come in her direction, the body on the side of the road disappeared from sight. Oh, God. Like, this. Can you imagine? The fact that there's so many stories about it, like, really does make me say, like, okay, there's something here. But imagine being in that position. Imagine, yes, thinking that you have found a victim of a vehicle hit and run especially if it's one where the funeral representatives remember working on the body like mm-hmm. mary Bergovi. they they mentioned that she had injuries to her face that they had to stitch right so i can only imagine coming up on a scene like that and being positive that you have someone in front of you who is dead and you have to con- contact whoever you can that mm-hmm. was oh uh, that must be terrible. Especially in that time period, too. Like, right now, we have cell phones. Like, she's probably lucky right. she had a CB radio. Yes, exactly. And, you know, she's not the only one. This is another scenario. Just so many people seeing or not seeing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Another story was a man, is he was going to work at about 2.30 a.m. He had just passed Chet's Melody Lounge on his way to Argo Cornstarch when he saw a body of a woman lying right in front of the gates. He stopped his pickup truck to look at the young lady. She was still alive, so he went straight to the police station, got an ambulance, and came right back. However, the body was gone. The impression where the body was laying was still there, though. See, that's the crazy part to me, is like, that's the the haunting part. Right. He was able to guide them back to exactly where he saw this. So you know he saw something because you can't guide somebody back to the exact place you saw something unless you saw something pretty significant. Mm-hmm. And right. Chet's Melly Orange is like almost directly across the street. It's maybe down and- the road just a tiny bit. And so like you yes. there's those markers. You know that area if you're seeing these businesses and then the front gates. Exactly. And Chet's Melody Lounge comes up a lot in this. 
Yeah, I know a couple yeah, things with Chet's Melody Lounge, and I, I want to go there. You and I didn't go there when we were down there. We, we should go back. <laughs> yeah, we should. I mean, we only we only saw just, like, a small schism of that place. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're, like I said, we're sort of chronologically moving a little further. We're living kind of in the late 70s right now. The next case was in a January 31st, 1979 article in the Suburban Trib, Columnist Bill Geist detailed the story of a cab driver, Ralph, who picked up a young woman, quote, a looker, a blonde. She was young enough to be my daughter, 21 tops. This is happening near a small shopping center on Archer Avenue. He said, quote, it was Thursday night, would have been two weeks ago, and I was lost, basically, he said. Quote, I dropped this big spender way the hell down in Palos Heights or Hills or someplace like that and was trying to make my way back to the tollway. I just turned on to Archer down there where it's still a lonely road, especially at midnight. So it's good for us to imagine that because like we said, this is happening in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So I it's imagine still kind it's of only a, at- I- Imagine now it'd still be pretty quiet in that intersection. Yeah, kind of definitely what I would describe as like a lonely area, probably at that time, very dark. These Mm -hmm. days, I'm I'm not sure because we were there during the day. But I imagine, especially at midnight, this area is just sort of a, a, you know, definitely less traveled spot. And I know, like, if you go further down, like, towards where Chet's Melody Lounge is, it's a lot of open land. It's it's not a ton Mm -hmm. of businesses. Um, It kind of feels like a county road, almost. Right. Yes. So, I imagine going back to 79 with even less going on over there. It needs, it probably really feels more rural than anything. Yeah. Sort of desolate. I would say, because Sam's right, there's just not, even these days, there's not a ton happening there, but I, yeah, I can only imagine in the 70s, even less. Mm -hmm. And so it's midnight, it's dark. Ralph says the next thing that happened, there she was, quote, she was standing there with no coat on by the entrance to this little shopping center. No coat. And it was one of those real cold ones, too. It's referring to the day. He said, she didn't put out her thumb or nothing like that. She just looked at my cab. Of course, I stopped. I figured maybe she had car trouble or something. She hopped right into the front seat. She had on this fancy kind of white dress, like she'd just been to a wedding or something. And these new kinds of disco-type shoes with the straps in that. He went oh, on to say, so yes, like, more like so modern yeah. shoes for, for that time. Exactly. Exactly. And so he's seeing her. This is the first time we're seeing her in the dancing shoes, mm-hmm. which, um, according to the legend, Resurrection Mary was buried in. He further stated, quote, I asked her where she was going and she said she had to get home. I asked her what was wrong, if she'd had car trouble or what, but she really didn't answer me. She was fuzzy, 
Maybe she'd had a couple of drinks or something or was just tired. I don't know. Oh, the only thing she did say really was the snow came early this year or the snows came early this year or something like that. Other than that, she just nodded when I asked sometimes if we were supposed to just keep going up Archer. She was looking out of the window at the snow and the trees and that. Her mind was a million miles away. Maybe she smoked something or something. Who knows? <laughs> so he is now, so Ralph now thinks he has a drunk ghost in his car. <laughs> right. Does the article say when Ralph had this encounter? The article says that it would have been January, end of January, 1979. Okay, because I know you said the article came out January 31st. I just wasn't sure if it was yeah. shortly before it came out. Yes, yes. So this, yeah, this happened. He also dates it with his quote. He says, like, it would have been about two weeks ago. Oh, okay. So I missed I that. Think I think this is all, yeah, I think this is all happening in 79. So that's also kind of interesting, the comment, the snow comment to me, because, oh, oh, should I not say anything yet? (laughs) No, 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 but it's going to come up. Okay, keep going, and then we'll talk about it after. Yeah. So he thinks that he has a ghost that's been smoking dope in his car, (laughs) and he closes this saying... Quote, a couple miles up Archer there, she jumped with a start like a horse and said, here, here. I hit the brakes. I looked around and I didn't see no kind of house. Where? I said. And she sticks out her arm and points across the road to my left and says, there. And that's when it happened. I looked to my left at this little shack. And when I turned, she was gone. Vanished. And the car door never opened. May the good Lord strike me dead. It never opened. Cool. End quote. Yes. So Ralph, here's, we're going to talk more about the snow. Ralph also, he refused to give his last name, address, or phone number, fearing his name would be used in a newspaper article and he would appear to be a raving lunatic. <laughs> so Ralph was like, no, you can just call me by my first name. That's good. Um, right. I understand. I it get it. Be, yeah. It, right. It might be an uncomfortable position to put yourself in until you hear this, which is the ballroom was closed on Friday, January 12th and for about two weeks thereafter. Oh, owing okay. to a major blizzard that had blanketed the area with the snow and with heavy snow. But Thursday, the 11th, it was open until midnight. An estimated 10 minutes before Ralph said he picked up this blonde hitchhiker. Plus, it was a special night in the ballroom, a singles night, for those without escorts to come and dance the waltz and trot just the way they did here for 40 years. How interesting. Okay. Exactly. So she said that the snows came early this year, and then the day after and for two more weeks... The ballroom, everything was blanketed with heavy snow. Well, well, my my thought with the snow came early is growing up in the Chicago area um, when I was really young, we had heavy snow mid-November every year, mm-hmm. typically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. being that January and saying the snow came early, that seems weird to me. 
because usually you have mm-hmm. snow for a couple months by that point. But yeah. now, like in yeah. relation to a major blizzard, that's very interesting. Right. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, he, that's the only thing he said that she stated. And apparently she repeated sort of the same thing about the snow. And I don't know that anybody else, I don't believe, has claimed to speak to her. And if they have, they have the same story, which is she would only repeat certain phrases. Like she's trying to go home and like that sort yes, of Yes, I'm trying to go home. Exactly. She's, well, I'm also so she's just not thinking really... about Mary Bergovi died in March. So if you're thinking about mm-hmm. it of like, okay, they're kind of stuck in the time period that they died in. A snow comment doesn't mm-hmm. make sense in March either because that's no. when the snow's melting. Right. That's Maybe the, I'm thinking too far into it, you're... but... No, that's the point when we're getting less snow here. Mm-hmm. So, guys describe Ralph as, quote, not an idiot or a maniac, but rather, in Ralph's own words, quote, a typical 52-year-old working guy, a veteran, father, Little League baseball coach, churchgoer, the whole shot. Geist goes on to say, the simple explanation, Ralph, is that you picked up Chicago, the Chicago area's preeminent ghost, Resurrection Mary. Sounds like it to me. Right. So we're going to talk next about, and like Sam said at the beginning, there are quite several men here, but we will get to stories that include everyone. Don't worry. We've all seen Resurrection Mary, apparently. And again, that's just what's blowing my mind, that so many people are saying this, seeing the same stuff. And it, it, they're seeing it generally around the same time, like midnight <laughs> right. to, like, I think the latest you said it was right. like 3.30 or something. Something like that, yeah. And we'll hear a little more in this tale of people who are having a joint delusion or have all seen the same thing. Bob Main is the only man known to have encountered Resurrection Mary on more than one occasion. While the night manage, well, a night manager at Harlow's, once located at 8058 South Cicero Avenue in Burbank, he saw a strange woman one Friday night and then again two weeks later on a Saturday night. He described her as, quote, about 24 to 30 years old, 5 foot 8 or 9, slender, with yellow blonde hair to her shoulders that she wore in these big spooly curls coming down from a high forehead. She was really pale, like she had powdered her face and her body. She had on this old dress that was yellow, like a wedding dress left in the sun. She sat right next to the dance floor, and she wouldn't talk to anyone. She danced all by herself, this pirouette-type dance. People were saying, who is this bizarre chick? So everybody is seeing this. When Maine and others tried to talk with her, the woman would only shake her head and, quote, seem to look through you. Hmm. But the strangest thing was, he says, even though we carted everyone who came in here, I worked the door, and there were waitresses and bartenders and people there, nobody, either night, ever saw her come in and never saw her leave. 
Huh, interesting. Never in his wildest dreams did Maine assume it was Resurrection Mary until he read an article in a newspaper four years later. That's very interesting. So I think 100% this guy saw something because he is like so, he's so descriptive of Mm -hmm. every single, he's so descriptive of every part about this girl. Right. You know, like he's, he's got the specific date, age range, the specific height range, her hair color, her complexion. Like he, he either really thought this through or he saw something weird. But according to his story, there were waitresses and bartenders and people who worked the door and other people seeing this. Well, that's what's what's interesting about it is that first night they probably were like, oh, that's weird. I didn't see her come in. Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. they saw her again, it was like, OK, we got to look right. at this a little bit like, more. And that's probably where he got more yeah. detail. But that makes it much more mm-hmm. interesting to me. Yes, exactly. That she is, you know, sort of appeared at the same location twice. And he's seen her both times. So moving forward and introducing Janet Kalal, who in 1989 was out driving with a few friends on Archer towards Resurrection Cemetery. And they saw a woman wearing a white dress. As they approached the woman, she jumped in front of Janet's car And Janet was unable to stop the car in time and hit the woman. Janet and her friends all saw the woman, but none of them felt the impact of hitting her. And Janet and her friends got out of the car and no one had seen any trace of the woman. Everybody had seen the exact same thing, but none of them could explain where the woman had disappeared. Now, there were said to be sightings in 1976, 1978, 1980, and 1989, which involved cars striking or nearly striking Mary outside Resurrection Cemetery. Mary always disappears, however, by the time the motorist exits the car. I feel like that's kind of the most famous, like, snippet of the story for a lot of people. mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have this repeating vision that people are seeing in one, two, three, four different years of Mary almost striking their car, which has to be so scary. And what's really interesting to me through this is like just going through the dates of kind of everything we've discussed so far. We have couple sightings. Well, one sighting mm-hmm. in the 30s late 30s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then we really mainly jump to the 70s right a lot of activity in the 70s mm-hmm. and that's then, just interesting to me that it's like such a big jump and then there's a lot of it it's a lot but and then also these car striking incidents happen in the 80s the 80s mm-hmm. into 1980 and 1989 For example, the last weekend in August 1980, between Friday night and Sunday morning, Mary was seen by dozens of people. Oh. Many, yes, many who called the Justice Police to report they had just seen her. Squad cars were dispatched, and although the police could not explain the mass sightings, they did find a number of people, many who flagged down the squad cars to report what they had just seen. 
The deacon of the Greek church on Archer claimed to have seen a ghostly form near the cemetery on August 29, 1980. The Valley Times investigated his story, and a it was published in a newspaper in Lyons, Illinois. So, in the beginning of 1980 here, we're, we're seeing a bunch of different sightings just in one weekend. Right. Like, I wonder Friday if night to Sunday that morning. weekend, like, if this is truly a ghost and it's not anyone we think it is, because there's a good possibility mm-hmm. that it's someone yeah, that hasn't even be been brought up in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. What if that weekend was a big weekend? Right. Right. What did that weekend mean? That mm-hmm. last weekend in August, you know? Exactly. And I, it says something that like, there were dozens of reports in one weekend. Wow. Like, I can't imagine having to answer the phone and the dispatch that day. Like, oh my God, we got another one about this lady. Can we right? send somebody out there, please? And, and it, it also highlighted to me all different kinds of people are seeing Mary. Mm-hmm. And so I had to put in there the comment from the deacon of the Greek church who had seen the ghostly form as well. So like it, everybody is running across her. Yeah. I've never heard about that weekend, but that's so interesting to me. Like right, a lot of people. Right. Exactly. Dozens. And you know, just uh, all kind of everybody. But while we're talking about dates, the reports slacked off in the 1990s with a few exceptions. A local truck driver encountered a strange female figure in 1991 while hauling materials for a trucking firm. A most unusual, very recent sighting happened to GRS member Mark Harry Gordon and his mother, Dolores Joan Gordon, on Halloween night of 1997. Quote, many a night we have gone to ghost sites visited previously with excursions into the unknown Inc. And sure enough, lights were on in the mausoleum at Resurrection Cemetery, which shouldn't be. One section was lit while the rest were dark and organ music could be heard faintly. Oh, that's creepy. Super spooky. As we drove around Resurrection Cemetery on Halloween night about 8.40 p.m. Streetlights around the cemetery were going on and off at random, but in no particular order. He continued, We were looking around as we passed and saw nothing out of the ordinary other than the odd blinking of the streetlights. Not all of them, just one on Roberts Road and one on Archer. Nothing on 79th Street or around the southwest corner. The blinking was not steady, but random. Then as we came closer to the main gate, heading east on Archer, about 250 feet west of the main gate, was a young, sandy, blonde-haired girl of about 17 who was walking in the dark alone. With an innocent face seeming in a world known only to herself and unobservant or even uninterested in the world around her. She came into view as we were a few car lengths away. Her step was deliberate, yet with a gentle sort of ease. She walked right into the middle of the grassy area between the cemetery fence and the Archer Avenue curb. It seemed odd that she appeared so suddenly, 
although it was dark. She was dressed in white and should have been easy to spot from quite a distance. He said, Cars in front of us passed and looked at her in disbelief, rubbing their eyes to be sure they really saw her as well as ourselves. In fact, we looked to see if there was a car or a group waiting for her, thinking it must be a Halloween trick and not a treat. So That's interesting people that, are like, spotting her. Yeah, and I find that the comment interesting that like you should have seen her from further away. That's not a hilly right. area. It's a very straight section of road. Mm-hmm right there Mm -hmm. like they should have if she's in white and street lights are coming Mm -hmm. on like yeah yeah and so yeah it makes sense that when he says like the cars that were rolling by could see because i'm like that would make sense i mean who knows maybe they're entering the cemetery is what summoned her and then everybody could see from that on you Mm -hmm. know i don't know it's interesting and it's also that description that you gave of her like unobservant and uninterested sounds like mm-hmm. that experience in the bar where she was like looking right. through you right fuzzy mm-hmm. uninterested you know a little you know she's repeating the same things so he further described their encounter saying quote she was all alone and not a care in the world no one was nearby who might have been with her There was no place to go to a costume party or bus. It was right along the fence of the cemetery. In fact, police were at the entrance so that no one could enter. She was coming from their direction, so I'm sure they would have not let her pass without questioning or observing her. The lady in the car in front of us made a U-turn in the middle of Archer and headed back west. By the time we looked in the rearview mirror, she was gone. So interesting. Right? So, yeah, I find it super interesting that they're like, there was no party, there was no bus, there was nobody around here. There were cops in the area. Mm -hmm. Like, they would have seen her. And that's so consistent with the multiple other stories that we've heard. Exactly. So people are reporting the same things as these people go on to say she was dressed in a white dress with tears of a sort of lace only pictured in old pictures of the 1930s. Oh, it had a limp look. Yeah, I'm interested in this. It had a limp look that just hung, not like the type of fabrics used nowadays. And And I can totally picture that. I know exactly. (laughs) Yes, I know exactly what material they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, and again, once again, we have this very descriptive uh, witness here. It's interesting that this is she the first also- time we also have a description of the dress. Yes, exactly. Other than it just being yes, white. We're getting- right, exactly. The rest of them have just been white and flowing, white and flowing. You know, and this one is very specific because they went on to offer even more details saying she also had a lacy material on her head as well as holding in her two hands a spray of red roses attached to a holder like girls would carry in a wedding years ago. Now it is not seen that way as a nosegay or a small bouquet or corsage would be the thing used. However, there were red roses around the front of her neck and chest, and you looked, and it looked as if she had stood up to a wedding in days gone by or was buried that way. You couldn't see her shoes as her dress was long and covered her feet. 
It was truly out of the past as it looked quite old fashioned. Hmm. And that very much does sound like something that someone might be buried in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you might be holding sprays of florals mm-hmm. when you're buried. You know, I hope I am like somebody give me a peony. Um, but so again, a, a very descriptive encounter and he, they're not even finished yet. He went on to say, quote, people made U-turns to pass her again, but she was no longer there. We made a round of the cemetery the long way in six and a half minutes. By then, no one was around. After making four more rounds of the Resurrection Triangle, we noticed we were not alone. As a couple of cars in front of us and at least one directly behind us were the same ones from before. (laughs) They too were trying to get a second glimpse. I think I would do the same exact thing. Exactly. I would be like, hold on. Everybody hold on tight. We're flipping a Yui. And making your way around that cemetery in six and a half minutes is pretty quick. That's super fast. I was like, man, they were hauling ass. It like takes six and a half minutes just to cross the cemetery when you're driving directly through it. Yeah. You guys, this place is so big. There's basically a roundabout in the middle of it. Oh, there's like Like, multiple roundabouts in it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God you were driving. Otherwise, they would have had to bury us in that spot that they were staying (laughs) up because I would have lost my mind. And so they finished by saying, quote, was she Resurrection Mary, the ghost that people have been seeing for about 70 years on Archer Avenue? We don't know. They did say she was a solid person, not a spirit, and had a determined action as though she had to get somewhere. So I do want to be my skeptical devil's advocate here. This is a great Halloween prank. Oh, yes, exactly. That's why I was like, right when he came in and he says, like, there was no party, there was no bus. I'm like, I'm glad he said that right away, because that's the first thing I would have thought. I was Mm -hmm. like, this is probably just kids. You know, it's Halloween night. You go dressed as Resurrection Mary. Why the heck wouldn't you? I'm pretty sure my sister was Resurrection Mary a couple times when we were kids. That that is so cute. I'll have to. I want to say she was Resurrection Mary. I'll have to give her a phone call. Give her a call tomorrow and ask her. Yes. And so, yeah, the skeptic in me, of course, is like leaning into like, I mean, at any time, this could be an excellent prank that young people are just trying to do. Mm -hmm. Like a, a, like a, a full body ding dong ditch, except you pretend you're dead in the alley uh, or on the curb rather and uh then you run away when they call the cops i don't know i'm like that seems like a really risky game a ding dong ditch yeah i i personally wouldn't do it um yeah but no, me neither somebody who is who is clever enough and teens, nimble enough to run away and hide like that it's it's possible teens teens are a new breed they're a new That's breed. true. Like maybe they, you know, like we did Ding Dong Ditch, and they were like, "We can do you one better." See, we're we gonna bring the authorities yards. into this. We would get like plastic yeah. sporks and yeah. fill their yards. <laughs> that was oh, that yeah. was our exactly. like bad thing exactly. that we did when we were kids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it, 
there was nothing. And to be fair, I wasn't given like a fertile ground like these kids are. Like they are given nothing but inspiration from all the stories that are there. Right. Like that. So they, I can totally see why some spooky little children who are spooky like me would be like, this would be so much fun to do. However, I would never take it to a point where like a driver saw my body and had to call the cops. Like I would right. never do that. Hey, and you never like, know. I grew up in the middle of the woods. Maybe if I grew up where like this sort of stuff would happen, I'd be more mischievous. <laughs> but I'm right. not. Right. Same. And so local residents, ghost researchers, and the patrons of Chet's Melody Lounge are firm believers in Mary. Every Halloween at Chet's Melody Lounge, bartenders place a drink on the end of the bar just in case she decides to make an appearance. I thought it was every the day man. they do that. You know, I'm not sure. On the inter- the the interweb just told me that at least every Halloween they do okay. it. I just remember when Sinisterhood, when we went to their live show and they talked about it, I feel mm-hmm. like they mentioned it was every day because they actually mm-hmm. went in there and talked to the that employees and hung out there yeah. for a long time. Um, yeah. But maybe maybe it would, it's changed. It would make sense. I don't know. I you know it, it maybe it's changed too. Having the pint out every day, you know, right. maybe it started as just Halloween, and then they were like, "This is a really good gimmick for us to get people in here." Which <laughs> exactly. I'm not hating. Same. No shame. We on already your game. said we want to go. <laughs> right. Like we're you guys are able to claim haunted bar now. Lean into it. Lean yeah. into it. Do it every. I'm day. there. Like. When you go down to New Orleans, there is a bar, and shame on me for not remembering the name of it, but they have an entire dinner place setting every night. Set oh, really? For a specific spirit. That's yes. cool. For a specific spirit down there. I'll have to maybe at some point cover that because I've seen it a couple times now, and they have that dinner setting out every night, and they always set it with the dinner that's in the bar that's adjoined to this dining area. That's awesome. We'll have so to go when we do it, our, our uh, oh, spooky trip. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the rest of it is open to the public, that dining space. Yeah. That'll have so, to be added to our list. They only have one. Yeah. They only have one that they reserve for the spirit and it's a specific one, but it's very cool because you can see the table that they keep for the ghost from the street. Oh, cool. So you can always kind of peer in and like see what. Has it been they eaten? have out for the ghost that night. People say, people say it has been before. And that's why they started doing it. But also they had problems when they stopped doing it was the thing. <laughs> oh, like, no. People get angry were, about it. When they were. Well, yeah, when they were playing into it and all that, they would just have it out. But apparently, allegedly, when they took the place setting away and took the table away, they started getting more encounters and like more spooky vibes. Oh, and interesting. To putting it out. Yeah. I thought they just get like ridicule those... from people who are interested. No, no, no. Oh. Everybody is super interested. Like we need to keep this table out for them or they're going to wreck this place. <laughs> right. And I'm into that. I'm like, let's keep setting it every night for the ghosts. I'm yeah. so into it. I'll be the one who does it. I'm as I am a skeptic and I say I I need to be proven that they're real. Mm -hmm. I want to show the utmost respect. And I feel like that's a great way of doing it. So if you prove to me that you're real, I want to show you the respect. I hope you give that to me in return. 
Absolutely. Otherwise, I'm I would like absolutely you to respect terrified. my space. Right. I would like you to respect my space and not violate my boundaries. Uh, but I'll set out dinner for you every night in exchange for this. Arthur. Yeah. Fair. He's digging at something. Sorry, I can just hear his clicking little nails. Yeah, Rick B's been like all, all right, up rubbing can... against the mic this whole time. All right, well, we're about to close out here with just some last fun facts. The Ballad of Resurrection Mary is played in the jukebox, and it t-shirts, sweatshirts, and buttons now flood the market as well. There was even a rap version entitled Res Mary that was released <laughs> a few years ago. Oh, that's funny. So... Yeah. So if you ever find yourself along Archer Avenue or plan a visit, the best times when most people have seen Mary are after 1.30 a.m. on the night before a full moon. So when you're in your car and flying down Archer, just remember that you might not be alone. <laughs> that is awesome. Mm -hmm. it's such an interesting that story is. because it's, it's, there's evidence, but there's no evidence. Exactly. There's something, but there's nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, how How are this many people, how were there 12 separate reports of her in one weekend? Exactly. And, and we don't have evidence of kids doing this, you know? Yeah. I would think after, like, the sixth call you get, you're like, okay, this can't possibly be kids. No kids are this coordinated. <laughs> right. Like. And it just kind of makes me think that maybe the two people that we potentially think could be Mary might not be Mary. Exactly. Exactly. Both those theories might be nothing because for everything that we have that supports them being Mary, we have equal amount of information that does not line up. Yeah. I feel like if the, that article about Mary Bergovi talking about the car hitting the L structure that would, mm -hmm. to me, rules her out, me in my too. personal opinion. Because because if you're talking about the L, you're talking, excuse me, if you're talking about the L, you're talking about a completely different area of Chicago. Mm -hmm. than See, I can't think of anything that's more polar opposite to Resurrection Cemetery than the Loop. Yeah, and I did look up um, how far it was from, was it, was it Mary Bricovi's home on... Yes. Damon? Uh, on Damon, yeah. They were actually, but she was, her home was on Damon and she was waked at Damon, uh, on Damon, a little further down. That's a little okay. further than I thought it was from Resurrection Cemetery. Um, It's 13 miles. Okay. So that very much puts the loop probably closer to 25 miles, maybe 20 miles away yeah she used she used to live at 4611 south damon and was waked at the satala funeral home at 4744 south damon which are very very close to each other but i'm just thinking like distance wise yeah. from right ghost either where you, right. you died right. which mm -hmm. is far or your home right. that right. it's still far like right, what's what's truly the connection? Is it just the yeah. burial grounds? Right. Is it just the burial grounds? Is it just that she was a young woman named Mary in a car accident? Because it's not even like we discussed it. It wasn't 
Mary Bergovi's report is not anything of a hit and run. It's mm-hmm. a car accident, like a single car accident into the L substructure is what it sounded like to me. Yeah, it, it very much seemed like it was just a true accident. A not... hor- yeah, a terrible accident. Yeah, uh-huh. because not only was Mary Bergovi killed, one of the passengers suffered a possible skull fracture mm-hmm. and was in the county hospital, you know, and the, the driver and the passenger uh, were also shaken up and scratched. So, but you're right, either way, they're they're far. Either yeah. Way it's just very interesting because it's like it makes sense partially. Mm-hmm. It's also just so sad because she was seven. No matter what, it's a seventeen-year-old factory worker. Like that. That's so sad. She was only she was seventeen or twenty-two because there were the two. Yeah, yeah, because there. Yeah, the or twenty-one the records according to the. Yeah, the records according to Satella Funeral Home had described her as 17. However, death records indicated that she was 21, a month shy of her 22nd birthday. Mm-hmm. Either way... Which would put her right like, at the age Mary was. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Like, either way, whoever it was, Mary's young. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, that in itself the- is tragic. Yes, most every report uh, of a sighting here has been, like, at youngest, people have said she's 17. At oldest, they've said she's 21 or 22. That's still so young. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe someday you but, and I will be able to figure out who Mary is. Exactly. And and regardless, it remains as well that resurrection is a beautiful beautiful place and i can see why somebody would not only want to rest there but hang around maybe Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful spot i definitely recommend people going for a walk oh absolutely if if you have some time while you're in town and you want to get away from like shopping on michigan avenue or you know going to see the bean like this is a really fun detour Mm -hmm. just what what i would say is if you do encounter people there, please be respectful as it exactly. is the final resting place still of people's people's folks. So mm-hmm. be respectful if you go there and try and give them their space to grieve uh, while you look on. Absolutely. You know? All right. Well, thank you all for listening to Happy Heard About This Case. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at Have You Heard About This Case Pod and on Twitter at HYHATC Pod. Or you can email us at Have You Heard About This Case at Gmail. And we'll talk to you later. <laughs>